What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience, the podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Elevate Experience podcast. We have a special guest, Mr. Josh Hicks. We also have Angie in the booth. Last week, I had to do a solo podcast all by myself, and I introduced myself as the host, the co-host, and the guest. So it's nice to have uh, you guys in here today for my backup. (laughs) Right on. I got to listen to that one. It's good. It's really good, I think. But I'm biased because I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I talked about 12 things to not do in sobriety. Oh. Kind of like a don't do this list. Love that. So maybe next time I'll do a do this list. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. I was thinking like 12 things at Christmas like thing. 12 days of Christmas, whatever that is. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Josh. We're glad to have you, man. How are you over there? I'm doing great, and I'm really uh, grateful to be here. So thank you guys for uh, gracing me with the opportunity to be here and see you all. So I hope you are doing well as well. Yeah, right on, man. I'm doing good, I think. I'm doing super good, yeah. established that on the front end, dude. I'm I'm feeling it today, folks. (laughs) So I think a good intro and introduction to you, the reason um, why you're doing what you're doing, you've had a big transformation in your life. Is that correct? Physical transformation? I mean, yeah, I've had a radical transformation and it, it's happened rather quickly. Um, you know, I, I went through years of struggle to making a single decision that was the paradigm shift and changing the whole trajectory of my life, my family's life and leading me to an opportunity to really impact others in a positive way. So just that's why I'm here today. It's my main mission to really help people be awakened to what's great inside them. Great. So let's talk about that. Why, what prompted the shift and what were you shifting away from? So for many years, I, I struggled with really trying to figure out who I was as a person. You know, I grew up in a very abusive home. I watched my mom um, become physically abused my entire childhood and through my early teenage years. And it embedded a lot of insecurities in me as a person with really trying to identify with who I was. Not having that structure in place um, could have easily been an avenue for me to say, well, I am a product of where I came from. Um, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, because everything that we do in life is based off a decision and the decision comes from you as an individual, you have a choice to make. And I had some big choices to make. You know, I remember taking a ride down a long dirt road one day at 16 years old, thinking I was a, I was a man, but really far from it. I went to go meet my father for the first time. Well, at least I anticipated to, and my father had been dead for about three years, um, from the information given. So I became really angry and bitter, not understanding why I never got the opportunity to have a relationship with my father. But I came to later realize that it was probably for the best. Um, He wasn't a very good man. Um, Actually, he would do anything he could um, to make a buck. And that included telling people that I was dead. My mom was dying of cancer. So just a really toxic individual. Wow. And as that hurt me, I mean, I I was pretty hurt from that, naturally so. But it left me still puzzled confused, running and trying to fill voids. Yeah. I got married later in life and I told myself, made the promise that I would never have the broken home that I grew up in, that I would break those generational curses. And while we can't always control circumstances and things that happen, we can always control the feelings attached to them, which ultimately brings a result. 
I unfortunately wasn't able to be successful at, at having a long life of marriage with one wife. And I uh, was um, a little bit broken about that. I was actually in the process of becoming a pastor. I had to step down from that ministry because I was no longer a man of one wife. Um, and so I left myself again, find really just puzzled asking God, what is my life? What do you have for me? You know, I'd run from job to job with no real satisfaction and fulfillment till I found myself one day I enlisted in the army. Oh, wow. I signed up for the army national guard and those insecurities were there. It was the first time that I had ever left my family, left home for anything. It was the first time I ever got on a plane. I went How to boot camp. You, Josh? I was, I was tw in my early twenties. So okay. I was 23 when I went in. Yeah. And, um, it was, it was interesting. And you were already it, married and divorced, uh, by 23. I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I had two, I had two children. I had my first before I went into the army and, and then I had my second shortly after. So I had, um, you know, I got, I, I joined in the army and it was, I had my first son. I wasn't even 19 years old yet. So I was married, had my first son. We were living on our own and then short to come after, um, my, my daughter would come shortly after. But then we got divorced shortly, you know, short to come following that, we went through a divorce and I joined the army. And when I joined, I was really still trying to find who I was. I wasn't finding satisfaction in any jobs that I was in. I was bouncing from job to job with no real fulfillment. So I went to the I went through boot camp and I remember being in boot camp and there's a there's a saying, the fastest way out is through it. Because there was a point in my life when I was in that boot camp stage that I wanted to quit. I didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. But I rose above that. I had no choice. So I was going to, you know, suffer in silence through my anxiety and my insecurities and get through it. I went through AIT, which is the next step once you graduate boot camp. I ended up graduating boot camp with two Army Achievement Medals. Now, those are high service medals, and it's not common for you to walk out of boot camp and AIT with two of those, let alone one. So I was really feeling like I found a little bit of security and purpose in myself. At this point, I feel a little bit more puffed up, feeling like I'm, I'm finding out the real Josh Hicks. And I start going through life. I get out of the Army. I get out of basic training. I go to my duty station. Next, About a year later, I'm being deployed. Now, I'm obviously not married at this point in time, so I'm, I'm, at, I'm overseas. And the deployment was smooth sailing. Next thing I know, I'm really just... I am really bottled up inside of myself. I'm not sure why or how I got there, what I'm doing and what purpose God has for my life again. These insecurities are starting to really set in. Now, there's some amazing opportunities that really came into light while I was over in the Middle East. One being I met my amazing wife who I'm married to today. Um, we didn't know each other very well, but we had, she had happened to be my assistant at the construction company I worked for when I was in the National Guard. I only did um, weekend drills. Now I'm on active duty order. So she's checking in with me to see how things are going. We start an email conversation and we date for nine months via Skype while nice. I'm deployed. Or at the end of coming towards the end of the tour. And I'm, I'm, I'm most grateful for my wife. You know, she's been all time supportive every step of the way, even when we were starting in our early stages of the Skype dating. But the the tour takes a turn and they're on heightened alert status. And I start becoming very vulnerable. And I find myself um, hugging onto my pillow one night, crying, asking God to get me out of there. I want to go home. Those insecurities are really starting to set in all those childhood memories. Everything is starting to play back to me. And I'm trying to figure out 
how in the world did I end up in this position? What would prompt me to put myself in such a position that I'm in now? And this is where it gets really interesting because that motto that I said that there's a saying in the army, the fastest way out is through it. Well, there was no choice. There was no coming home soon. It was coming home when orders were up. And when you're in that situation in the heat of the moment, you can easily start catastrophizing. You can start going down a, down a rabbit hole and some stinky thinking, and it can really start forcing you to collect information about something or multiple things that may never even come to existence. And this is oftentimes what we do in life. And so when you're in the midst of some struggles, you can't see this and you may not be able to rationalize because our brain is wired to go below the line thinking, being very defensive and closed-minded. I was very much in a closed-minded, below-the-line thinking at, at that point in time. So I get home. It's um, 2014 when I return from my, my, my tour. And my lovely wife, as promised, she's there. She gets me from the airport. We get engaged. A year later, we're getting married. While I'm still trying to really figure out who I am, I'm struggling with a lot of things, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. I'm also struggling with really trying to find out who I am as a person. I'm still in this battle. So if you can see, this is a, a segment of time over years. I'm still trying to figure out who am I? What is God's calling for me? And this can be a really big hurdle for a lot of people. And, you know, when you're not really at a place where you feel like you're supposed to be, you'll be miserable because you're constantly trying to fill voids and do things that are just placeholders for a temporary time. This is where that saying goes into full effect. If your changes aren't permanent, your results can't be either. I was constantly finding something that was very temporary and plugging voids and gaps, running from churches and places where I felt like I was shunned away because I was divorced and didn't have that perfect modeled relationship and I couldn't be in, in the pulpit preaching and doing the things that I really had a passion for. So I felt like God didn't have no use for me. And I was running from everything, scared. Well, I had an awakening. Because one day I decided that I was going to open a construction business, and I called that business Godly Installments. Nice. Now, my wife was terrified, and she didn't want us to open this business. We knew nothing about running businesses. I knew construction well because I had a background in it, but running a business was a whole different monster. And I got to tell you, there was a lot of good that came out of that, but while I was in the midst of it, it seemed like nothing but awful. Why I'm here today is because of that awful that I was surrounding in at the time. Actually, there was a lot of beautiful mess that turned into an awesome message. And so I really hope that this resonates with you as you hear this, because we were in debt up to our ears. We had a, a construction business that grew way faster and way beyond our competency. We couldn't get loans. We were too immature in the business. Banks would not give us loans. We were finding every way possible. We were living on a credit card miracle week after week. We were taking those quick loans so that we could cover payroll. Before and those, those quick, quick loans have very high interest rates. Oh, it, it destroyed us. They'll eat you alive. It destroyed yeah. us. Yeah, it, it destroyed us. And I'll disclaimer, I'm not saying that sometimes you got to do what you have to do, but we took those loans and it absolutely capsized us. It is a slippery us. slope. Yeah, it, it can be dangerous for sure. Well, I started out with, well, I, I remember having a conversation with my wife. I said, look, we'll, we'll do this to cover payroll. We'll use just what we need and we'll put the rest back and we'll pay it, pay it week by week back. I took out a loan. I think it was probably $20,000 at first, right? And I mean, you, you, listen, when, when I say this, this is the crazy thing. If banks won't give you loans, there's a good reason for it. 
<laughs> if somebody else is willing to give you something for double the interest, it's probably not a good idea. That that's all I want to say about that. That's, a good, knew, uh, that's 20... a good message right there. <laughs> yeah. I can't say we well, haven't been in that he... position before. <laughs> these the, I've these been are in the that position. Like a few thousand times. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, these are the things you learn. That's true. These are the things that you learn when you go through it and you have to go through it in order to grow from it. So that way you can help somebody else along the way. And, and I'm seeing that so clearly now, but I remember it like it was yesterday, getting in the truck every single day, white knuckle and steering wheel, asking God to please provide for me, provide for my family and what's left. Can we just pay the debt that we have? But first, help us to cover payroll each Friday. Mm -hmm. And I would look at my wife every Thursday and she would look at me and say, it's not okay. It's not okay. That 20,000 turned into a 40,000 to a 60,000 to a hundred thousand. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. About three and a half years of doing this, we were an accountant's nightmare. They were asking us, how are you guys still surviving? Now, I wasn't the business owner that had a Honda Odyssey that had this nice vehicle, right? I wasn't the business owner that looked good on the outside, but broken on the inside. Very much on the external, I was broken as much on the internal. We have four kids as a blended family. We had a Honda Odyssey minivan. There was zip ties on the front bumper of that van, and the driver's side slider door would fall off the track if you opened it. That's the severity of the situation we're in, and we can't cover payroll. In March of 2019, I was standing in the middle of a gym in Maryland, broken, bitter, confused, and trying to outwork the bad diet. I was 60 pounds overweight. This is when everything changed. This is why it's so important to never give up even when you feel like nobody's there and nobody's cheering you on, even when you feel like it's, this is it, there's nowhere to turn to. This is as good as it gets. That kind of mentality will destroy you quicker than you can ever get started in anything. And self doubt is the reason for that. Nobody else's opinions about you or nobody else's opinions on what you should do matters. Your opinion matters because if you can't fuel yourself, no one else can. It starts with you. In 2019, I was standing in that gym and a guy from Malaysia, he was traveling on a family matter and he came to me. I had been praying, asking God to get me out of this mess. I was tired of looking at my wife and telling her it was going to be okay when I knew it wasn't, mm -hmm. but there was nothing that no one could do to get us out of that situation. The insecurities, all the things that I grew up and saw, they were playing in my mind every single day. This is as good as it gets for you. There's no curse that you're breaking, Josh. This is a product of who you are. But I wasn't willing to accept that. When God brought a man from across the globe that was going to lead to the breakthrough that I was so desperately seeking, this is when it happened. I didn't know what it was I wanted, but I knew I wanted something. And that is the point of being at your most lowest, being at the, the bottom of the barrel. And the only way up, the only way is up from there. That's where I was. This guy comes up to me as a complete stranger and says, hey, can I talk to you a little bit about a program that has helped me? And now all, all he knows about me is what he can see on the physical. And so you guys will see the physical transformation that I've had in 18 weeks. But my physical transformation, that physical piece that you see as the before, was very much a reflection of what I was on the internal. 
You can look at somebody and tell what they're going from all the time from their external view because there's there's little tips and, and, and pointers and things that are showing that are magnifying through no matter how much cover up they put on that you can't hide from their internal damage. My external at that point, it was magnified in the worst kind of way. I was 60 pounds overweight. He wanted to talk to me about a program to help really get my weight in check. Now, little did he know the kind of pain that I was going through was much deeper than just a few pounds on the scale. I gave him my email address. Bitter, I left the gym quickly. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't feel like I was in a position, number one, to buy anything, and I wasn't up for some sales pitch. I figured that was the last time I'd hear from that guy but he sent me a well thought out email and I felt inclined to respond. The next thing I knew that same day, I'm on the phone with him and a person that lived 20 minutes down the street was a good friend of his. So here we are. This Now the, the, the cool thing about this, right, is this guy that I'm on the phone with, the guy from Malaysia connects me to someone that I had passed in and out of that gym a number of times, but never had a single conversation. That's the power of how God can radically transform your life when the time is right. There is a purpose for every person that's hearing this call right now. It's not that your purpose in a way hasn't been paved. It's just that your heart has to be prepared to receive it. I was just in not, I was not in a place that I could receive what I've been called to do from all this time because I was so busy trying to fix my past that I couldn't have forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And this program had intrinsically awakened me to what was possible. I signed up for a program and I remember Nicole, my wife, looking at me and saying, what is wrong with you? You just bought a box of food from strangers and we can't even make payroll. How are you going to, how are you going to do this program? You know, first of all, your, my habits were crap. Okay. And this is where, you know, I, I help people and I'm able to impact them with their health journey all over the one thing that I talk to people about is, you know, when I hear, uh, well, it's expensive to eat healthy. You have no idea what you spend on food each day. Your, your, your coffees, your snack, snack cakes, your quick drive through visit. I mean, if you really do the tally on what you're spending your money and time on, you'd be surprised. I looked at Nicole and said, I don't know why, but I have to do this. So I did it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, dude, this better be something great. Otherwise I'm going to be, I'm going to be screwed. (laughs) So week later I'm dropping pounds. I feel great. Now, the first thing Nicole says to me, she says, you're not tired because every morning I would get out of bed and I would talk about how exhausted I was. And I said, no, I feel great. Well, I get on it. She's not, she's not sold on this yet. She's skeptically watching in the background quietly. I get on the phone with my coaches that week and do a virtual check-in and they're like um, going through all the things, asking me how I feel, you know, if I could help some people get healthy, would I be interested in looking into this and, and paying this gift forward? And I remember that conversation and I said to him, I said, you know, I would love to, I don't know anything about, you know, coaching. And they said, well, just like we helped you your first week on plan, we help you every step of the way with coaching clients too. This is a team model. We don't do anything alone. And Nicole was listening to the conversation, but not interjecting. And they asked me a question. And I remember sitting on the recliner and she said, they, they had asked me, they said, if you could help a few people get healthy and earn some income doing it, what's a number that would make you happy? And I was in no position to tell strangers how broken I was. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't want to verbally 
output that, right? I didn't want to speak that into the atmosphere because my wife looks at the books every week. She knows how bad off we are. So just to remind her that, that's just another thorn. So I said, I don't know, 50 bucks. In my mind, I was thinking, I don't have $50 in my savings account. So if I can earn $50 helping some people get healthy, why not? Well, I went ahead and signed up to be a coach. And now Nicole thinks I'm extremely nuts. She thinks, what are you, now we, you, we have a business that's failing. You're doing some diet program. And now you're going you're gonna to spend more time that we don't have on that. And I looked at her again and said, I know that I have to do this. Well, I had been coaching now for, I would say, close to three months. And I probably helped about 10 to 15 people. They were having significant weight, weight loss. And they were having some really um, massive breakthroughs in their personal health and journey, which was awesome, right? Yeah. And so everybody works at their own pace and, and gets to their goals at their pace. And whatever their goals are will, will vary. But um, it was really exciting to be a part of that. Well, I took the van to the car wash. At this point, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about myself. I'm starting to have some wins. I'm starting yeah. to help some people. Things are starting to change. So from March of 2019 to here we are in June, the breakthrough's starting to happen, okay? Well, I'm getting ready to be floored again. I took the car to the car wash. Nicole looked at me when I was taking that day, and she said, don't take my van to the car wash. It's a piece of junk. That was the moment that I realized my wife had been driving our kids around and what she hated. And that floored me. I couldn't afford to buy her a vehicle. There wasn't any opportunity for a car payment. There was nothing. So I took this van to the car wash. And while I was there, I was talking to myself. I said, well, I'll spray it off and make it look the best that I possibly can. Now, I told you that the driver's side door would fall off the track. I took it through the car wash, they sprayed it off, and then they were going to vacuum it out. But I forgot to tell them not to open that door. There's a string of traffic behind me when the door is ripped off the track and laying on the ground. I have to have the, the car wash attendants hold the door while I drive the van off to the side. It was probably one of the most embarrassing moments in my life. But it was one of the greatest moments. And this is where I'm talking about when you're in the thick of it, you can't understand the blessing that's coming out of it. The owner came over to me and gave me a $10 gift card and told me he was really sorry about that. Now, at the time, the victim mindset, everything's happening to me, nothing happening for me, right? I was thinking, what's $10 going to do? Why don't you give me 1000 2000 or something, right? Because yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm looking for a handout. I'm looking mm -hmm. for something. I, I, I took the gift card and told him, no worries. It, you know, I knew it was messed up anyway. And I put the $10 gift card in my wallet. Now, I carry that gift card to this day um, as a reminder. Because when I went home that day, I told Nicole what happened, told her she was right. Note to you men out there, it's always good to tell your wife that she's right. It'll, it'll get you bonus points. <laughs> so That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, told her the, I told her the story and everything and, and, and showed her the gift card. And I said, I'm not going to ever use this gift card. It's going to be a reminder for me. And I said, one day we're going to have freedom and I'm going to get you a vehicle. And she said, maybe a car payment at best. So that was the moment when I was on my high that I came back down again. And, and this, is, this is what we mess up along the way. So as you're hearing this, this is about peaks and valleys, right? When we're having these transformations and we're growing to our calling, whatever it might be, and coming out of the, of the hardships, it's not the valleys that destroy you. It's how long you stay in those valleys that destroy you. 
So the next time that you're thinking about where you're at currently, your current reality versus where you're projected to be or want to be, think about all the times that you stay down in the low points. Because the measure of time that you spend in the low points in comparison to how many times you spend on the peaks will determine how long it'll take you to get where you want to go and possibly even if you get there. Now, at that point in time, I didn't have any choice to stay in the low points. I wanted to. And if I'm honest with you, a lot of times mentally, I was in a low point. But I knew that my wife was hurting. She told me she loved me, and I believe she loved me, but I knew internally um, I was destroying our family with the position we were in financially. Mental health, physical health, the works. So I became extremely intentional in 2019. And I told myself that I had seen the lowest of lows and I'll never return there again. We fast forward two and a half years later, we have a different life today. We live completely different. All I do is help people across the nation. I speak publicly at events, on Zooms, podcasts like we are here to really help awaken people. And I was asked a question um, on one of my last interviews. They asked me if I could remove anything in the world, what would it be? And I paused for a second and I responded with self-doubt. Self-doubt will stop you from creating your dreams or seeing them come to fruition more than any person or obstacle ever will. And so I have that gift card in my wallet. And every time that I have self-doubt, every time I face a struggle, I pull that card out and remind myself that you cannot put a discount on greatness. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy way out. The fastest way through it, the fastest way out is through it. I love that, man. What a powerful story. Yeah. So the the biggest question I have is what is what was the program like? Is it something people are familiar with? Is it something I would be familiar with? Is it? Yeah. I mean, I guess just what program was that for you that that guy brought to you? Yeah, it's a it's a lifestyle transformational program. So it's it's actually a four component system that has a weight loss component to it, but it's actually built on really changing your habits. Gotcha. So you get this life book. It's twenty six elements um, that Dr. Wayne Scott Anderson um, created and co founded, and it it really causes you to be awakened. You know, from really figuring out your why, you know, what needs to happen next, and how you're going to do it, all the way through teaching you, you know, the six macro habits of health, you know? And so um, the program that I coach that I'm referring to here is called Optavia. And so I'm an independent certified health coach for Optavia. And I love that program um, because, you know, they're obviously results, not typical. Everybody has to work independently and individually uniquely hard to get to their goals. But it is such a segue that if you follow this four component program, you can see optimal results gotcha okay cool no that's awesome man i think the coolest part about programs like that or just general like health and fitness stuff is like it's almost like uh the weight loss or like getting healthy is just like the surface that's like what gets us to like participate you know and then under that is all the self-doubt the lack of confidence the life's falling apart it's just so cool to hear countless stories of people that started with like, Hey, I'm just trying to lose a couple pounds. I'm just trying to take like a small action to get better. And then it just trickles into this like complete life transformation. And it's hard to almost identify why sometimes, but after all this time of 
being in counseling and fitness, it's just the most, it's the most true thing I know is that when you start taking care of your health, you'll start taking care of a lot of other shit along the way. <laughs> I mean, that's a hundred percent. And you know, a lot of times people talk about, I just want to lose a few pounds, but it's really important to hone in what brought that weight on. Right. Because the, the weight that you're combating is because of something much deeper, oh, more yeah. internal, emotional, and mental. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just our, like our theory, it's the holistic healing. You've got to heal all parts. You can't just fix one without approaching and handling all of them. If you want to be, you know, truly happy and a product of whatever it is you're putting in your endeavor, you can't just focus on your body. But I know even for myself, when I double down and go really strict on a diet or fasting or that sort of thing, it helps my mindset so much more. It just creates yeah. that sharpness and then spiritually i feel better it really does affect everything no i love that i love that well you know it's funny because you know like you just said when you start really changing the way you fuel your body your mind really kicks into gear right mm -hmm. like you're not foggy yeah you're not feeling sluggish you're more motivated you're awakened well it's like you said right where your wife was like so used to you getting up like tired you know and you kind of start eating the right thing things and fueling the body with the right stuff and all of a sudden you kind of have a little bit of extra energy and you had kind of this like pep in your step and things were you know starting to look brighter and clearer and you're moving faster and you're losing weight it's kind of like it's the start of the peak you know and you can kind of work with that traction and that momentum which is the same thing we do here at you know elevate and in treatment people come in at you know i guess ground zero for the most part and it's very cool to see like they get off the drugs and that's like the first big win. Like their first win is like, oh my God, I'm starting to like think like I don't feel like a piece of wood anymore. My skin tone comes back. My appetite came back. I slept five hours. Like the smallest little things can just gain the most giant traction. And it's, it's always amazing to be a part of uh, witnessing where that that traction goes and same thing goes to you it's, it's amazing to hear about the transformation just in generally kind of a short period of time it's that's kind of mind-boggling to think that much change can take place in such a small amount of time right well you know it's i always say this your words will never change you your habits will oh yeah so you know i think a lot of times and i mean we live in a, first of all, this world is full of emotional mismanagement. Mm. And that's one of the leading causes to death is emotional mismanagement. So, you know, it's all about surroundings. And we don't realize how much that food really triggers anxiety and depression and sleep deprivation, really. And so we don't think of it when we're eating things, right? We, we, we eat something to mask an emotion, like I was saying earlier. And so... You know, when we're when we're doing that, right? It's it's a habit that becomes something that is it's a custom and which is then leads to the weight gain. I mean, we got what almost three quarters of the American population overweight, forty mm percent -hmm. being obese. And it's because of their lifestyle. It's because of the stress that they're facing on day to day. And they they don't have the they don't have the tools, they don't have the support. Um, and so they continue to go down this this vicious cycle. I would uh, definitely assume that it got a thousand times worse 
during the pandemic when everybody was told to stay home, don't go to the gym or, you know, McDonald's is open, but the health food store is not like I can only imagine it's even worse and hard to come out of that. Yeah, that's a valid point. You know what? That is such a common misconception that, you know, if people really could take a moment to, to, to just digest what you just said, the gyms are closed. Health food stores might not particularly be open, vitamin stores or something like that, but McDonald's is, right? Well, number one, it should tell you right there that you don't need a gym to maintain a healthy weight, right? That's the first common misconception. And number two, if this fast food chain's open through this, it's probably because it's an a economic driver and it's extremely addictive. Mm-hmm. Most people are not willing to identify with that. Why do you go back to these drive-throughs? Look, your body doesn't want that. It's craving and desiring it because it's addicted to it because yeah. of the dopamine release. Yeah, I used to say I'm I'm pretty confident that they put crack in those McDonald's French fries. I don't know what it is about them, but God, <laughs> I, think they I call just that salt. Lo- yeah, yeah, yeah I just, <laughs> salt and grease. I just loved them so much. They <laughs> but just they're so douse bad them in for salt. You. I think they yeah. boil them in salt, like not even water, just salt. They're salt boiled. And oil, just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. that was a hard one for me to give up because they just, like you said, it gave you that dopamine. It felt so good when I ate them, but so bad for you. So not good for you. It's crazy. Yeah, 100%. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Josh. No, I was just going to say, I mean, as you guys are listening to this call, like I eat a cheesesteak. I'll go out and have a slice of pizza. Good man. The difference is that I'll have one or two. I won't have a whole whole pizza. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people get intimidated by the fact of a healthy lifestyle. Like you feel like you're giving things up. It's not actually what you're giving up. It's what you're gaining. Yeah. Your relationship with food needs to change. If you're overweight, even 10 pounds, you have a bad relationship with food. There's no other way around it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a, lot, of, a lot of days accumulated of just eating a little bit too much or overdoing it or giving in to this or that or the third. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed too is like I, I people want to just get to the end so fast so they're willing to do like the craziest thing to get there as fast as possible. And it's on most spectrums, you know, I'm willing to do drugs or I'm willing to do these crazy diets because we just want the results so fast. But it doesn't really work like that, you know? You can't just lose 70 pounds in a month. That's not how it works. So we almost set ourselves up for failure by trying these like extravagant things because they're made to fail, you know? You can't do all that in such a short amount of time. And I just see people get caught up in that so much where it's like, dude, just start small. Like the habits, you gotta start small, you know? Small and consistent, like that's the big thing. And I think that's the other problem. And I've been a chronic yo-yo dieter uh, my entire life, but it's those extreme, like you were talking about, you can't have this, you can't have that, you couldn't do this and you give up all this stuff. And it definitely feels like you're giving up a lot to get there. And then you feel so deprived that when you get to a cheat day or a cheat weekend, that it's difficult to confront going back onto that because you felt so like you were depriving yourself of something that felt really good. And so for me, it had to just become 
a consistent lifestyle, not just, uh, you know, a super extreme and then back to being bad. It just has to be a way of life. And then uh, and something that I could agree with, which for me, I like the keto diet because I love fat. I love meat. Um, It works really, really good for me. I throw in some intermittent fasting because I know I'm a chronic overeater in one meal. So I'll just eat one meal a day. But it's about finding the thing that works for the person so that they don't feel like they're getting deprived of what they really love, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, you said it best when you said it's a lifestyle. I mean, it's it's all about, uh, you know, what's conducive to a long-term sustainable result for you, right? And so that comes from a lifestyle change. And, you know, it has to be from a renewal of the mind. You have to be transformed in the mind. Otherwise, subconsciously, your mind knows. Mm-hmm. It's like doing sets in the gym. You're doing 10 reps and you get in the habit of doing it. I'm going to do three sets of, of 10 reps. Your mind knows that you're doing 10 reps and you're turning off. But the moment that you go beyond that 10th rep or that 11th or 12th rep, your mind then is you've confused your mind. You have muscle confusion. And it's like, what well, this is not normal. But then eventually that 11th, 12th rep becomes a habit because you continue to practice it over time. And so the same thing with how you fuel yourself, the people you hang out with. I always say, and I use surroundings because that's a macro habit. Healthy surroundings is so important. You know, recovery. Oh, yeah. You can't recover if you're hanging out with people that are still doing the, the garbage. Oh, yeah. Because you'll go right back down that. Why? Because it's a way of life that you have done for so long. And it starts with, I'll just do one. And then it grows from there. So you have to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I mean, if you carry the same old bricks from your past, you'll end up with the same old house. Yeah. Well, and that that 100% relates to recovery when we see people go back into the same environment around the same people and expect they're fixed and it's not going to get to them. They'll for sure, well, not for sure, but a lot of times relapse because that's the environment they just going back to the same environment and expecting that they're strong enough to be in that environment but not give in and you put yourself in that enough times and and it feels awkward to be the one that's not giving in while everybody else is doing it yeah i love that and you know that's it's funny you say that because you know with relapse that's why people relapse on their dreams that's why people give up on their dreams why it's i think it's 92 percent fail and eight percent are successful or something like that don't quote me on that number it might have changed the the statistic but a lot of times it's because people are squashing your dreams or stepping on them and it's not because it's you it's because you're actually excelling from a place that they're still stuck in Mm -hmm. and they they're bitter with themselves and so you ultimately because you've heard that toxic response so much you start feeding yourself that and, and kind of self-destruct on it. Yeah. I mean, I think the big takeaway from all of this that comes up for me and it's something I've said for a long time to, to clients is like, it's easy to do something when everyone else is doing it and that could be good or yeah. bad. You know, yeah. I think of, you know, maybe people in boot camp. it's, you guys would never do that shit if it was just you. Like you would never wake up and go do all that stuff alone. Let's go get yelled at and run in the sand and do all this crazy stuff. But the fact that everyone else is doing it, it's like, okay, I guess this is all right. You know, and the same thing goes for drugs and the same thing goes with health and fitness. You know, most people that would go to a gym by themselves and don't have a buddy, you do get stagnant and you do end up doing three sets of 10 for five years and wonder why, not much uh, adaptations taking place, 
you That's know? Right. So it's, it's an interesting thing to see like on the good side and the bad side. A lot of sober people yeah. hang out with people that are sober. A lot of people that right. use drugs hang out with a lot of people that you're using drugs, you know, and yeah. a lot of rich people have rich friends. It's like <laughs> at right. some point it's just the truth or it's just how it's just historical. That's how it works. I don't know why, but it works that way, you know? <laughs> well, complacency is not your friend. And that is really, I hope the biggest takeaway that people have from this call today is complacency. Yeah. Anytime you say, anytime you have accepted a level of complacency, you are on a fast track back to your old patterns and routines. Mm -hmm. um, I get up and go to the gym at 3 a.m. in the morning. Ah. And people say, that's insane. Why do you do that? I'll tell you why. Because when I closed my construction business down, I had nowhere to be at 7 a.m. And so I found myself sleeping in until 7.30, 8 a.m. Yeah. Until it became 9 a.m. You know, and I saw my habits and patterns changing. And so I, I said, well, all right, I'm going to show you. And I get up and go at 3 a.m. Now, some people say that's extreme. Well, sometimes it takes extreme changes to really make a point even to yourself. Yeah. Well, especially when you've worked yourself into a decent level, like you've got to find other ways to continue to push yourself and become uncomfortable and uh, go to those extreme levels so that you can continue the growth because that's where the growth occurs. It's in that uncomfortableness for sure. 100%. I yeah. agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I love this type of stuff because there's just so many... It all just interweaves, you know, there's just so many connecting points and it's kind of like, I think we all have this like deep desire to be taken care of, you know, like you mentioned with the, the handout or like the victim mentality, I'm sure the audience myself, you know, like even with the, let's just talk about the stimulus checks from the government. I'm like, dude, hell yeah. I would love if they just sent me those forever. That'd be great. Right you now. But like. What yeah. does that do for me? It doesn't do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, we don't have to get into like the nitty gritty of all that, but I, after I'd get one, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait for another one. I love free yeah. money. You know, we all have this like small little desire to just be taken care of. I wish that people would cook me steaks and do my laundry and pay my bills and I could just chill, you know, and maybe work out and call my parents and say what's up every once in a while. <laughs> but that's not how it yeah, works, well, you know? <laughs> I mean, it can work that way, but does it make you happy? <laughs> it might for There's a little no while. <laughs> There's no gratitude there. There's no gratitude at all. No. I don't care what anybody says, that they're getting handed something, that will that soon will get old. Oh, yeah. And when it does, you will have to look at yourself in the mirror and, and, and really try to find something to have gratitude for. You can't. If someone continuously gives you things that you didn't earn and work and grind through, there can never be a place of gratitude. Right. And we live in that world where it's a badge of honor. We're looking for, and I, I tell you that story and I tell it with emotion. I've told it to thousands of people. I've spoken in front of before thousands of people and I still cry to this day. It's not because of the story and I want a badge of honor for what I went through. It's because I want you to understand that you can break through too. Yeah. And we live in a society where it's like, let's see who has the worst story and give them a medal for that. Here, you get an award. That's the stimulus check, right? Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy. That's not how this world works. Now, if only people could hear this and understand that nobody is going to give you anything that is actually of sustainability, that is going to bring pleasure and gratitude to you, but you. And that's the problem we live in today. 
Well, and I think the other point with that is nobody gives you anything for free. There's always going to be some Catch. something attached <laughs> to it, some string, something they can pull, some obligation that now you have your mindset because you didn't earn it rightfully. And that's that. Nobody can take this from me. I got this. Um, but now you're always like going to be in that position where your string can be pulled to do whatever somebody else or some other entity wants you to do because you accepted that. 100%. I mean, that's well said. That's a, that is such a 100% statement. And I mean, if, if we're listening to this, and I mean, if we're really having a true moment of personal development, right? Because these calls, they should be inspiring you to have some personal development, to yeah. really be honest with yourself, to move forward from conviction, right? If you're hearing it, and you're starting to automatically say, well, they have a different life because that's below the line. Mm -hmm. You're going below the line there. And that's okay because we're wired to do that. But when you go above the line and be open, curious, and willing to grow, you can then say feelings aren't facts, right? What am I going to do now? Because the bottom line is for you guys, I have sent hundreds of message with my story and reaching out to people I don't know that are doing this right here that have ignored me or gave me some sideways response or whatever. But my response was either to be reactive or say, Josh, what do I do from here? And it's to keep going. The feelings aren't the facts. And that's what you have to really weigh out. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah. I think um, if there was going to be something to uh, a massive takeaway of this episode, it would absolutely be that, you know, I love what you said of like the below the line or above the line. And, you know, most people are in that victim mindset because it's a habit you know they've just been that way so long that they're the ones that v validate those negative emotions like we do that to ourselves like we feel as if our emotions need to be valid or invalid they can't just be there that they don't have to yeah. be anything right? right and so we're so used to invalidating or validating them that then we start looking for that in other people you know yeah. a perfect example i did that solo podcast i did i didn't ask anybody for feedback on it because i was like i don't want it i don't need them to right. tell me if it was good or bad or not good or helpful or not it's just what i did and that's what i put out and it is what it is but i see right. my mind and my narrative wanting someone to tell me what it was it just was a freaking 45 minute podcast about recovery. That's all it was, you know, and that's all it needs to be. It doesn't have to be a label, you know, Validated. Well, you're a conscious leader. You, that's, that's because you're becoming a conscious leader. And I say becoming because we never really reach it. We're always becoming mm -hmm. something. When you come to a position where you said it earlier about, they got to get to this goal really fast. That takes out the state of becoming to once I get there, then you go backwards. Right. You've got to always be coming. And so what you were just saying was a conscious leader. An unconscious leader would have to the desire to always want to be right. Yeah. Would want the feedback because you need someone to stroke your ego. So that's that's awesome, man. I love it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's hard, right? It's super hard. <laughs> you know, it's super hard. Yeah. But it's it's funny to watch it work, you know, and just see this like yearning for for someone else's feet and sometimes feedback's amazing you know yeah feet not all feedback is terrible and but it's it's a curious thing to be uh aware of, of watching the yeah. mind kind of do all that crap 
Yeah, feedback is awesome, but just be just be careful of how much of it you allow in your life because yeah. it can it it can really cause you to have some toxic mindsets and thoughts about yourself, negative self-talk, right? You know, someone might hear this and it may not resonate with someone it might, but if I look for that person it didn't resonate with to give me all the feedback versus someone that it really helped move forward, the tempo of the conversation will be much different. Oh, yeah. and, but because I gave all that energy and time and invested into wanting something so bad that I didn't care where it came from, it caused such a toxic response from me. Yeah. Well, and you but, don't get yeah. to you don't get to become like you mentioned. Right. I, I can think of a client very like um, visually in my mind. It's like this this guy. Every every question was, "What would you do? What would you do? How would you do this? What would you think about this?" What do you think I should do? How should I do this? When should I do this? And I'm like, dude, I could tell you how to do it, but it doesn't mean anything if you're just, you know, it's kind of like a, what would Jesus do type of thing? Like he looked at me yeah. like that as far as like recovery, recovery and sobriety. And I would always tell him like, dude, I could tell you what to do, but then it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just something someone's telling you to do. Right. right. And like we never change until we want to. So yeah. if you're not changing or if you're only changing because Dallas is telling you to, that still doesn't get you to become the name. I, I'm not going to say the name of the guy, but we'll say his name's right. Derek. Derek right. never got to become Derek because he just wanted to be Dallas. I'm going right. to do whatever Dallas says. Like, thank God I gave him some decent advice, you know, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it just never you, sunk in because it wasn't his. It wasn't his. You just hit on something really massive when you said that. And you may not have intended to, but you did. It's it's identity issues. Mm -hmm. People have a really massive struggle with who they identify with when you should identify with yourself. Right. When I talked about in the very beginning, listen, I can, I'll tell you a graphic reminder. I mean, I remember using the wind up Kodak camera, taking a picture of my mom's eye completely swelled shut where she got kicked in the face by a grown man. And we were taking my sister's a blazers that morning. She put on sunglasses. Now I could have identified with being a product of that, right? Because I talked about, am I just a product of where I came from? Or am I identifying with who I am, who God has put in me? And I think that that is probably one of the biggest hangups with people today is that they hear these talks or they see these famous people and they're they're trying to identify with that. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, my daughter went to this camp Gosh, it was like six years ago and, and the world like changed in one summer. She would go every summer. It was up at Big Bear, this really awesome place where people from all over the world would come. And within that one year of her coming back, all of a sudden, all the kids and they're like, you know, 12, 14 years old had to identify as something like mm -hmm. I'm I'm a he, I'm a she, I'm a uh, I, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, I'm a, you know, like everybody had to have some sort of label or they didn't feel normal. And if you felt normal, you were the outcast. Like there had to be a label to feel normal, which was crazy and weird and hard to watch her go through of like, well, what's my my label? I can't be just like me because that's wrong. I have to have like one of these something, other yeah. things to be that person. And that happened about 10 years ago. And I don't think we've really come far um, in society from that point where everybody needs a label in order to define who they are because they don't want to do the soul searching and be okay with who they really are. Yeah, I love that. Wow. No, that's fire. Lab <laughs> and I, labels limit people, right? Yeah. 
labels and and regardless of what your beliefs are that hear this call when you first of all there's royalty in you let me just say that okay for anybody that needs to hear this right now this is for you if this is for you say this is for me there is royalty in you and it's not based on the mistakes of your past it's based on where god's taking you so you have to tear off that label. I mean, that was powerful when you said that. I mean, that, that's a shame that we live in that today. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, right? Because if you think about it, that's just where it starts. Yeah. We never talked about where it ends or if it ends. You know, some people yeah. it doesn't end. And that, that yeah. journey is kind of like, who knows? Maybe it happens for a reason so you can unlearn it. It's like one of those spiritual journeys is like getting caught up in the labels to then find out that they don't matter, you know, and, and a huge thing that we see too. And it's a, it's a, a good label is people in uh, addiction with drug addiction. They, you know, you lose the, I'm a drug addict or alcoholic, but then what do you put in place of that? I'm sober. And that can sometimes not be good either. It's like yeah. this very boxy, you know, sometimes like alcoholics, anonymous, like boxy place you put yourself into and it's just as unhelpful, you sure, know, and being, some people don't get out of it. Yeah, because sober doesn't always mean happy, productive, successful. It just means you just happen to not be using. And I think that's why a lot of people like our modality, because we're not labeling them an addict, even though they're not using. We're not we're not permitting the labels uh, in order for them to consider themselves successful or not. I love that. Well, you know what? This would this tease it up really well for this. So for you guys hearing this today, you're probably saying, how do I level up? I feel like I'm in a rut, mm -hmm. right? Well, the only difference between a rut and a, and a grave is the depth of the hole. Okay, that's number one. Hmm. So if you're asking yourself, all right, this all sounds great. How do I level up? Maybe internally you're battling that. I want you to look at the last four text messages you've received today. If you haven't received any, then you really need to find that circle that's, that's checking in with you and, and talking to you, keeping you accountable. But out of that last four, how many of them are actually challenging you and cheering you on to level up and be better? Because you will become the fifth of those four conversations you're having consistently. Yeah, I like that. That's a real tangible eye opener. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. All right, I know. I'm I was like, like well, I want to look texted, at my phone. You I texted know? Dallas. <laughs> um, like, <Yep. laughs> who else texted? <laughs> yeah, Andrew's yeah. like, hey, you need to level up, dude. We got a podcast in 30 <laughs> minutes, and you're not here yet. Yeah. I'm like, I'm coming. <laughs> Let's go. Well, it'll do one of two things, right? It'll offend a person or convict a person. And if you're offended, you don't want change. Mm -hmm. If you're convicted you're on you're you're on the breaking point you're almost at boiling like you're at that point where you're getting ready to break through and so you're surrounding yourself with people that you're not having that offense but you know they're doing it out of love well i think you hit the nail on the head of where we're at a society where everybody not everybody a lot of people the majority of people are offended by a lot of things a lot of times that have nothing to even do with them but it could right. be like what you just said, their lack of not internalizing whatever's happening over here, but wanting to do any work to improve their own condition. So therefore, when somebody's doing better, when somebody's doing something else, when somebody says something, everything is offensive in some manner or way, uh, because as, yeah. as society, for some reason, we're training people in that, which is weird and not yeah. good. Yeah, definitely backwards. It's sad. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Sad. We're projecting. We're right. projecting, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and I like use drugs, for example, right? Drugs is nothing more of an internal destruction that's an outward projection. Yeah. That's very true. Mm. Yeah, it's a trip. That's a it's a it's an interesting, interesting point to bring up where it's like I, I mean, I thoroughly believe if I am offended by something that someone does, it has everything to do with me. Like, you know, this is my life. So whatever someone says to me that offends me has everything to do with me and my story and my narrative and my life. It, it, it might just be a coincidence that it offended me. And it's the, the solution is on my behalf. You know, it's like it's like going to the gym and you have some workout program that you got from bodybuilding.com and then you do it and it doesn't work and you're like man f that website f that program when it's like you, right. it's it's on you you're the one that wanted right. the results and then didn't get it and now you're right. blaming something else yep 100% so man. Well, I mean, why is it there why is it somebody else's problem <laughs> it's that's still my problem excuses. i just look into that <laughs> It's excuses. We all look for excuses. Yeah, it's and, easier. And even I, even myself, I look for, listen, Josh Hicks got it all together. Wow, gra- congratulations. No, I don't. That's why I'm getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning. I don't have it all together. Right. So, you know, so, you know, we look for excuses. We, we're always looking for someone to pass the blame on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's easier. You can never be offended. If you said something to me today that was a direct derogatory comment at me i mean that's just how you feel about yourself right if i get offended by that i just chose to give something energy that i didn't really need to give energy to mm-hmm. you know we see it on facebook all the time somebody makes a post about something and it and you just look at where the conversation goes and it's it, it, it could if it didn't have anything to do with you then don't respond but by you responding tells me it had everything to do with you yeah that's so true i saw something um I'm going to pull it up on my phone, dude, because it's so funny. I saw it on the internet, and I was like, oh, man, I'm I'm taking a picture of this. It was basically a meme. Where is it? It says, getting offended by something you saw on the internet is like choosing to step in dog shit instead of just walking around it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of like this, like, <laughs> vulgar picture of, like, dude, you chose to do that. Yeah. Like you chose this. You didn't have to do any. It's not a, you're not a victim to the internet, you know, you're voluntarily on a, a, an app, like searching for stuff to piss you off. Like you are doing this, you know, and and you don't have to, you don't have to step in the dog crap, you know? Totally. Well, and I think uh, the internet has made people more brave where they can behave this manner to, because they're not having to look the person in the face. Yeah. They're not having to see them every day. They're not having to uh, intimately be involved with this person. So all of a sudden they feel all brave and they can, you know, skew things that are just not good, mm-hmm. not nice. Yeah. Which yeah. we know. I mean, we all know. And so, again, to be offended by something that somebody's spewing from the safety of their home with nothing better to do, why is that going to offend you? What's that person out there accomplishing in life that makes whatever they're saying relevant to your life? Yeah. Well, it, it all comes back to, again, it's just, I mean, this conversation now is just quickly went into self-development and personal development. And I mean, it's the, it's gotta be the driving force for you, whatever your goals are. If you you're, put it this way, 
your success will never outgrow your personal development. True. So, true. I mean, and, and I love Facebook for that because especially with coaching and really mentoring people, you, you can watch and see who's loving and liking all the comments and the things that look pretty and sound cool, but then the actions are not congruent with that, mm -hmm. with that emoji. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, you know, and you gotta, and you gotta be honest with yourself. Even me, I have to be honest with, am I congruent? You know, am I being congruent with what my goals are? Yeah, no, that's a great point. It's a great point. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a strange world out there, you know, with yeah. most of it taking place on something that really isn't happening. You know, it's, there's some beautiful things about it and there's some crappy things about it, just like everything. And, you know, I think we're all starting to slowly realize that it's like, uh, you know, these apps were built to, to help us, you know, right. like how can we use them to, to be helpful or to be positive or, you know, to, to create more self-improvement, self-betterment, you know, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a whole thing, but I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know, you, I enjoy you think they were it. built to help us. Yeah. I don't, I think they were built to, to trap us. Really? In the name of I health. think that I think that social media and we'll speak to that because we're on social media um, a lot. And if we're honest with ourselves, we're probably on social media more than we should be mm -hmm. because we're, we're putting into something else and taking away from something. You can never serve two masters. But I that's why I love coaching this program. And I challenge our clients to, be to become coaches because it will really level up your life in the sense that you'll truly have a great life. When you're helping somebody else make have a great life yeah it's the whole who, who wins when you win so i said that to say this i don't want to go off the tangent the you know the time that you're putting into social media to make that really inspiring facebook post or whatever are you really implementing that and putting that and pouring that into someone's life yeah. that's the challenge because we can it takes no time at all to, to make a facebook post or to respond to a text message. We, we make it more time consuming than it has to be. But when you can ask yourself and be really, be really honest and transparent, I just made that really awesome post, but now whose life am I gonna keep trying to help change? Who am I gonna help today? Outside of Facebook when no one's watching, because we all see the highlights and reels. That's great, you're showing me your, your, your finest moment, but let's talk about your transparency and your, and your rawest moment. Yeah. You know, let's talk about when you're flipping out on a Home Depot guy who's asking you what paint sheen you want mm -hmm. and your wife's walking away from you because you're acting like a madman. Let's talk about those moments because that's what you grow from. Well said. Yeah, I think that's uh, those are good things to reflect on. It's like, what are you doing in the real world? You know, is this really who you are? Does it measure up? Is it congruent like you said? You know, and it's it's interesting to watch your your narrative about it like uh like why am i posting this what do i want out of this why am i you know it's like uh, just questioning yourself i think that's one of the best skills you can do it's like your mind's just thinking it's just thinking that's all it does it's it's like one of the one of my favorite things is the heart you know the heart pumps your lungs breathe and your mind thinks it's just what it's supposed to do that's just how it's supposed to happen it doesn't mean anything unless you give it meaning. So I always love to question my own because I know I'm the one that decides what that means. And that's mm -hmm. when I realized that like my mind and my soul are two different things. The mind thinks 
you give it meaning or purpose or anything else other than that. But one, once you realize they're separate, my whole world became a different place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've had a total transformation, man. I mean, to, to, to break through what you broke through. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, sonic barriers, right? I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't happen often. It's atypical, right? True. And I mean, how awesome for you guys listening, how cool would it be to be able to say, I'm an atypical individual? Who else am I bringing to the top with me to be atypical? Yeah. That's the, that's the breakthrough. I mean, you guys have had massive paradigm shifts. That's why you're where you are. And that's what it takes. I heard a guy say something the other day on some social media outlet. I can't remember where I saw it, but I thought it was really powerful. He said, I get $84,600 a day. I got to spend it or or I lose it. I get it replaced each day, but I I either spend it or don't do anything with it. And then he got to the bottom line of it and said, there's 84,600 seconds in a day. How many of you are wasting those seconds each day doing nothing with them? Yeah. And I thought, wow. I mean, that's pretty gut-wrenching, right? You know, you think about how much success you could have in life. And I'm not talking necessarily financially. I'm talking in all aspects, right? Because we associate success too much with money. Mm-hmm. True. And those monetary things are just such a poor, um, low self-esteem place to be at, if that's what you're you're rationalizing the amount of success with. But, I mean, how much time are you wasting on Netflix, or on a phone call that's really not moving either one of you anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just thought that was pretty gut-wrenching to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, I've read that one before, and I like that too because it, it, it's just like a glaring uh, gut check. You know, you have this many seconds. What are you doing with it? And that's the stuff I do love about social media. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a call-out post almost, something that brings yeah. you back to the real world in the fake world. The fake world's telling you to get back to the real world. You're like, oh, shit, you're right. You know, you put your phone away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's cool, too, and, and and that's why I really think social media is so powerful. That's why I think that, there, you know, anything can have a good and an evil to it, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, with social media, it's how you use it. Like somebody is listening to this call, and they are being radically transformed emotionally, spiritually, and physically just by hearing it. You know, it could someone could have tuned it out long ago in the first five minutes, but somebody stood through and stayed to the bottom of this call. That's really moved them forward. And it's because you guys were willing to make your nose. Yes. And your yes. Nose. Mm-hmm. It's because of that. That's the changes we are doing in people's lives each day that we don't even see. So you guys having this podcast, I think it's a powerful thing. Yeah. You know, and you don't see it. We lose the substance there in time. It gets lost in translation because we have life going on. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, we're very grateful. Well, I'll speak for myself to even just have this platform to be able to communicate with others, to share all this experience that we've accumulated through all the years in the hopes that uh, somebody does get something out of it or it just resonates with somebody or a parent feels happy understanding what's happening uh, with their child or whatever it is. It's just a means of, of creating content and uh, helping more people, which I think is all three of our goals is, and and I think because we've all found so much passion and purpose in what we do in helping others, that's what brings us the the joy in our lives. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. I mean, you guys are creating a massive ripple in the pond. And, you know, the one thing that I hope that you guys really remind yourself on a daily is that it's great to have people in your corner that want it for you too, mm-hmm. but you have to want it for you more than anybody else. 
Because if you put expectation in them and their level of desire for your success, they will let you down every single day. Yep. Yeah, the ball's not in your court anymore. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. You can do a lot more when the ball's in your court, you know? <laughs> right. Well, thank you for saying all that, Josh. Really appreciate it, man. And I think your story is as equally as transformative and is equally like you're you're doing the same thing just in a different arena you know and that arena is just as unique and special and needed you know so i think kudos to you as well for for being the the light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of other people too and you know almost to reference what we said earlier as well is you know just getting people in the door with fitness but then think about all the extra stuff they're getting from you from your own life experience like they are getting a bargain when they wind up on a zoom call or something with you, you know, it's more than yeah. just nutrition with Josh Hicks guys. hundred percent, hundred percent diets don't work. 85% of diets are unsustainable with the weight coming back on in two years or less. So just remember that the lifestyle transformations do they last hundred percent. Good. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and uh, the best means if they want to go to you for the coaching or what you're doing now, like just give us a quick, quick rundown on all that. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Follow, follow me on Facebook. Um, I'm public. So it's easy to find me, Josh Hicks. Um, you can send me an email at Hicks health coaching at gmail.com common spelling H I C K S health coaching at gmail.com. Um, but that's really the easiest two outlets to reach me. I can guarantee if you send me a message, I'll respond within the same day. I'm very quick to respond on messenger. Um, so reach out, send an email or reach out through Facebook. I'm connected with these fine gentlemen and, and lady here. So you guys can, can reach me through them as well. <laughs> there we go, man. Well, we'll thank, absolutely... thank, thanks for cleaning that up there. <laughs> yeah. Clean that up at the end. Right. Yeah. If you're not watching the the video, there's two dudes. There's three dudes here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think they know you well enough, Ange. I know. <laughs> they know I you know. well enough. Yeah. But we'll absolutely put those in the show notes, man. And I mean, uh, on my behalf, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Josh. It just kind of this. Angie knows these are my favorite topics. I love talking about this stuff because yep. it's it just resonates so deeply with me. And um, like I said, man, you're you're doing the Lord's work, dude. And uh, the world needs more people like you. Absolutely. Amen. Likewise, you guys are doing the same. So it's it's all good. And I, I thank you guys again for the opportunity to be here with y'all. It's a blessing. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, Josh. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'll uh, I'll come find you on the internet, dude. We can stay in touch. Yeah, 100%. I'll send you guys friend requests when we get off here. Yeah, awesome. let's do it. We're friends. It's official. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right, guys. Have a blessed day. Thank you, too, you Josh. Too. Take care, brother. All right, guys. That's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.